Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I'm Peter, and that is Tim, and we talk about horror movies on this show. And we are back. We're, I mean, we kind of came back already with Jigsaw, but that's because that was like a weird holdover that we still had to get finished. But this is the first proper episode of November. This is us back after our, our, our absence, and we're raring to go. At least we're not as tired as we were a week ago. So... Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, Tim is, but I, I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm feeling okay. Uh, you know, it's November, now the Christmas ads are all over the place. You know, it's not, not that they completely hold them back before Halloween, but they really let loose with it. Like, after Halloween, it's mm-hmm. like, here, have all your ads. Because I, I got some in the theatre this week when I was seeing something else. Okay. <laughs> I just thought you'd like to know that, Tim. I just thought you'd like to know. Uh, I don't even... I, I skip Christmas altogether, and I just... For me, right after Halloween, it's instantly Star Wars season. So that's... I, I'm ignoring pretty much any Christmas thing. It's all Star Wars for me, baby. I ignore Star Wars season <laughs> until the movie comes out, and then I go see it, and then after that, I'll review it, with Matt, possibly with more people. I, I mean, I imagine Connor at the very least will be inching his way onto that video because he'll be wanting to talk about it, uh, if not yourself as well. And then after that's done, I forget about Star Wars until I have to talk about it again. What a mis- what a miserable life. I can't imagine uh, an existence like that. It is miserable. People don't <laughs> shop about Star Wars. That's the miserable part. It was like, oh, Star Wars this, Star Wars that. Who's raised parents? Who cares? So, <laughs> so, so we're. I'm being a bit uh, facetious here. I don't. I don't feel that way specifically. I like. I like Force Awakens. Okay, I like Force Awakens. I'm assuming I okay. like Last Jedi, but Rogue One left a really bad taste in my mouth. So I'm just not that excited. So during October, during the October thon, uh, the month that was, uh, we did a bunch of different movies, and one of them. One of the vote winners was The Howling. And because we did the first one, we're like, well, we kind of have to do the sequels now, don't we? We have to <laughs> work through them over a period of time. So this is the first part of that promise. This is The Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. <laughs> A.K.A. Hey, what you say about my sister? <laughs> A.K.A. Stirba Werewolf Bitch is the alternate title. Oh. Or subtitles. Okay. It's still Howling 2 first, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steerable Werewolf Bitch is the alternate title. And it has the weird combination of starring Christopher Lee. And you're like, oh, Christopher Lee, that's a good get. Oh, that's good. He he turned down uh, Loomis in Halloween. Oh, and he's like a big actor. That's that's a good get. And then it also stars Red Brown, whose most notable role is that... uh, What's the movie called? It was was on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Not Mitchell, is it? No, no, no! It was like a space movie. They're not like a spaceship, but every scene's shot in a warehouse, and they're they're riding like little go kart things, and he screams as before he jumps off of it. There's a really famous clip <laughs> of this bad movie, and it's it's a it's evading me right now. He's been in a bunch of really bad movies though. He's basically he's known for screaming as he fires a gun. That is his thing, <laughs> which he does in this well, movie like this a few times. Yeah, I think I think when we hit that goal on Patreon, Tim, for the the you know the, the Z movie series where we oh, do yeah, just yeah. bad movies. I feel like Red Brown will be appearing quite prominently nice. <laughs> on that show. But, uh, yeah, so he, he's in this, and he's... Like, I actually didn't even realise this until they brought it up in the plot, that he's meant to be the brother... Because the sister in question, the sister is a werewolf, is actually the main character from the first movie, who who's not Dee Wallace. Whenever we see clips of this, or we see like the the, the, you know, the TV news footage from the end of the first movie, it's not Dee Wallace. It's, so, it's this other broad... The, the werewolf definitely doesn't look like her. No. No, the werewolf looks more like her than the actress does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just meant the it, the werewolf that they show in the clips doesn't look like the, same the way she looked like the yeah. werewolf, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying the, the, the effects don't look the same, yeah. It's a different werewolf yeah, yeah. head. Right, okay. I, I get what you're saying, Tim. I get what you're saying. I thought you were, I thought you were cracking a joke about just the werewolf not looking like D. Wallace. Oh, no, no, no. Because <laughs> to be fair, Tim, it's kind of what you'd come out with. Uh it's your caliber of material. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, always keep them guessing. Which is finally kind of the motto of this movie. It kept me guessing quite quite a bit. Uh, so, oh, for God's sakes, please do not ask me any plot related questions because I. <laughs> oh, there's a quiz coming, Tim. There's a pop quiz. 
So, what is what is uh, Helen to your sister's a werewolf in terms of plot? Well, I'll do my best here. So, so uh, what was her name? Karen White, I think it was from the first movie. That was Dee Wallace's character. Right. She it's her funeral at the start of the movie, and Red Brown's her brother. He's there. He's all upset. But Christopher Lee's also there. He's an investigator. He hunts werewolves, and he's all at the funeral like, "Ah, oh, your sister's a werewolf." Hence the title of the movie. Yeah. Just in case you didn't get that. <laughs> and he's not very happy about it uh, but eventually he, 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 him and his lady friend are convinced and they go with Christopher Lee to Transylvania <laughs> to hunt down Stierba famous for its werewolves St- St- Stierba who is like this big bad werewolf I didn't, I didn't even mean that pun with the big bad wolf but I kind of I landed in it and now I'm proud of myself who's <laughs> um, the big bad werewolf who Silver won't kill her that'll take titanium <laughs> okay, sure. And yeah, so they go to Transylvania and they try and find her in her castle and try and kill her. That's the plot of the movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really. I mean, that's simplifying it. That's simplifying it down to just oh, sure. the, the core, yeah. core, you know, A to B of the movie. So I'll ask the question. Yeah. Tim. Yes. Did you enjoy Howling Two? Your sister is a werewolf. Uh, I did for the most part because. It's it's definitely not a good movie. Uh, that's a hundred percent. But uh, it is so off the walls. Like, what were they thinking? Uh, that it is kind of entertaining. Uh, although I do gotta admit, I feel like it dragged a little bit apart. Uh, which is like for how crazy it was. There there were times uh, where I was like, I want I want to back you up on that statement because I feel like it, it feels like a movie that you could watch with friends and you could make fun of and yeah. just laugh at the craziness of it. But at the same time, I fell asleep watching this twice. Yeah, it was <laughs> there, there. There are large chunks in the middle where it gets really, really boring, and nothing. And I think it's because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You just you can't follow like why yeah. things are happening, so you just start <laughs> drifting off. I. I, I mean, I, I was 10 minutes late to this recording because I'd forgotten that I still had 20 minutes left of the movie to watch. <laughs> so I had to go watch the rest of the movie before we came here. That, that, that's why. Because yeah. I felt, I mean, okay, the first time I was lying in bed, okay, I'm kind of in the situation where clearly I was thinking I might fall asleep. The second time, though, when I was watching it earlier today in the afternoon, I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to watch the rest of this movie. I was sitting on the couch like a civilized human being. <laughs> and I fell asleep again. Yeah, so, uh, I, <laughs> I I actually watched this in uh yeah in, in two chunks. Uh, one was I I also had to take a, a nap. But I had just um, <laughs> been been working more overtime at work, but I got up real early, so like I started watching it at one point when I got home, and like uh, yeah, I probably watched maybe like about forty five minutes of it, and then mm. I, I had to meet up with a friend. Uh, but I was like, oh, I really want to kind of get a, a little nap in before, but. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of weird to say because it is like batshit <laughs> insane. There's so much like crazy stuff that happens, and uh, again, um, I, I I think I don't know if we're talking about it uh, off air or if we mentioned on like the other podcast or something. But uh, I think you had mentioned before about how. <laughs> Like they obviously want to do a vampire movie. Yeah, and... it's, it's a very clear. <laughs> it is a vampire movie. The vampires just happen to be werewolves. If yeah. that makes any sense, because you know it's like they have to go to Transylvania. They have to find a castle. There's there's weird mystical elements to it where they've got magic powers, which feel more. I mean, I still wouldn't like it if it was in a vampire movie, but it feels more yeah. vampire esque than it does werewolf esque. Well, like, they're they're in coffins and they're impaling them with not really wooden stakes, but still like titanium stakes. Yeah. It's like close enough where, uh, but I, I kind of love how insane that that is though. Um, Yeah. I love the idea that someone had a vampire script lying around and went, (laughs) Oh, let's just change the word vampire to werewolf and we'll call it the hilling too. I feel like that's (laughs) what happened. you know and they added in this this small connection where it's meant to be the you know the character from the first movie like she's the sister who's already dead like okay it's it feels so and i want to point something else out it is crazy and it does a lot of really weird things has a lot of weird moments but they they do genuinely feel like it's not weird because the director has is this weird kind of like oh i'm an art you know new house style kind of guy who does like weird artistic things that you know make you think it feels like they're weird and have really odd moments because it's just 
down to incompetence. Where, oh, sure. Because one of the first things I was noticing was how bad the editing was. There was lots of these weird little edits that weren't making a whole lot of sense to him, and they felt really out of place, and, out of, and even out of pace as well, just to sort of say it, say it in a similar way. It, like, it would just cut to something really quickly and jump back, and then some of the action scenes, it felt like there was jumps in time, like there were shots missing. It felt like this was a mess when they were shooting it, and then the editor did his best in the editing room to try and cobble it together, and it yeah. just wasn't because ha- so early on in the movie after the initial funeral mm-hmm. christopher lee goes to this this nightclub this bar to hunt hunt down potential werewolves and for a start christopher lee they put these weird like sort of retro future style sunglasses on him it's these look like, really straight <laughs> 80s sunglasses that go right around him and he yeah. looks like an idiot uh so I don't know how much they were paying him for this. He was clearly the biggest part of the budget. There were most of the budget was going to Christopher Lee. I have to imagine. Well, I mean, when you're doing a werewolf movie, you you got to get the name that is synonymous with werewolves. <laughs> yeah, Christopher <laughs> Lee, who who is not associated with vampires in any way, shape, or form. You know him for werewolves, and. He's there, and there's this band on stage, and they're playing a song. They play a song at first, and then they go into another oh, song. Oh, yeah. They go into oh, this I other song about, this. about the pale moonlight. I, and I know that they were singing about the pale moonlight, because they played this song in the movie about ten goddamn times. <laughs> you, see, you hear it on stage here, and it keeps playing as some of the characters leave, and it continues into the next scene, which was fine. That was like a, a normal way to transition out to the next scene, right? And then there's just multiple times in the movie. It, it, it becomes the theme song, where it just starts playing... <laughs> And not only that, at one point in the middle of the movie, there's a montage, and it actually starts cutting back to the performance of the band <laughs> on the stage. And I'm like, you paid th- for the rights to this song, you're going to use it for every single time you need a song in the entire damn movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, like, the di- director's brother's band or something, like, <laughs> they were doing him a favour. I imagine it was. <laughs> I, I, it is, yeah, it's probably... Like the director knows the band or the the friends or yeah or they're related or whatever, but some either, someone owed someone a favor or or either that or they knew like okay American Werewolf in London they got Bad Moon Rising and now that's like the werewolf thing but we're gonna have like our werewolf song and it's uh you know and in case people don't you know remember it we'll we'll make sure that they leave the theater singing it. Because they thought Howling 2 was going to be a big enough hit that they were going to redefine what the <laughs> werewolf song was. And it's not a terrible song, it's just... Yeah. It's it's there, like, ten damn times. It's, it's, it's shocking how often it pops up. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, going back to your point, though, like, um, yeah, the movie doesn't really look or sound that great, and I, I think it's kind of probably part of the problem with you know why it drags a little bit and it's um maybe a little dull kind of in, in the middle like uh you know it, it maybe if it's a little more competently made this could be a really cool like bizarre you know artifact instead of uh yeah the, being, that's it's odd- like interesting but yeah it, it could be this oddity of like what were they thinking with that with the sequel to howling yeah but <laughs> instead it's kind of it's, it's just it's it's just it's just frustrating enough to actually watch that the stupidity yeah. of it can't be completely enjoyed. So it's in this really weird ground uh, in the middle between those things. So that that that, that kind of sucks. But obviously there are standout moments and stuff. Now we've kept this spoiler-free, of course. I don't think I gave you the, the yeah. thing at the start where I say, oh, we're going to start spoiler-free and then I'll give you warning afterwards. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I guess, do we go into spoilers? I, 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 well, yeah, I can. Well, actually, before we get to spoilers, I want to point out, this is something that I think is not spoilery. So okay. this this Streba she is played by Sybil Danning who again is kind of kind of a name like you know, I recognise that name she she was a thing once upon a time and this Streba she starts off really old and then she does like a little magic trick to turn her into a young you know young hot you know werewolf like werewolves do I, I, I almost said vampire there by the way <laughs> so I want to point out that I almost said vampire and I had to correct myself um, and. There's, there's like a weird like orgy scene at one point where the werewolves start having sex and while it's happening she's not involved but she just sort of takes her top off she sort of snaps her clothes <laughs> off right just so that we have her topless and the movie the director is so proud that he got her to take her top off that the shot appears like 10 times in the closing credits the closing credits of this movie are insane which by the way <laughs> it is- the main the main like core of the closing credits that it keeps going back to 
is the band on stage performing a song from earlier, if you recall. It's yeah, it's the band playing, and there's like this one shot of yeah her just like ripping off like her you know shirt and like exposing her breasts that they just play over and over again, like to the point where you almost kind of think like if you're watching it on your computer like is 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 it skipping like is there something <laughs> wrong here? It's like it is crazy <laughs> it's, it's too in time it's in time with the music it, it keeps doing yeah. it in the same beat which is why you know it's intentional and I, it just it feels like obviously a lot of these older horror movies and even newer horror movies like they have this sleaziness to them sometimes where it's like oh we want the girls to take the tops off but this felt especially sleazy it was like oh I got her to take oh, her yeah. top off so we're going to sort of repeat that shot like 10 times in the closing credits uh, look at our boobs look at our boobs we got our boobs out yeah we were cool we got our boobs out <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to bring that up because it was it was baffling to me. Um, (laughs) It is bizarre. So I'll I'll give the spoiler warning just just so that uh, you know we can just talk freely about the the movie and the plot. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk about Red Brown. (laughs) I want to talk about his character. Okay. (laughs) Because he he he. So at the very start of the movie, they're at the funeral, and as as we're coming out. We don't really hear what he's talking to Christopher Lee about, but he's just angry. He's like, no, go away, leave here. No one invited you, get away. And he's sort of kind of girlfriend, more, more on well or not she's his girlfriend later, because there was a, another part of this movie that really confused me. But she runs after him and asks, and he's like, oh, his sister's a werewolf. And it's like, okay, <laughs> right? And then, you know, we, we cut to the, the, the bar stuff, and like we see these random gang members, or whoever they are, get killed, which, by the way, which, by the way <laughs> so, the, so the 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 what was her name? Mariana, who's like the sort of main henchman werewolf who were introduced. She's like that's you know sultry werewolf character, uh, again very vampire-y. Uh But sh- she leads these these guys to you know obviously want sex to this abandoned warehouse or whatever it is because of course and um, construction site or something. Yeah, and she she pops out like kind of naked from behind like some stuff. And then as the two assholes are coming towards, and again, one of them has these really stylized, like, 80s sunglasses on, like, a, like a, a bottle of beer or whatever it is just, like, smashes them on the head from above, and it, <laughs> it plays, like, a slapstick comedy moment, and it was, I was just, I was laughing, and then as he's, like, angry, he pulls his knife out, and some of the edits here were, were what I was talking about, where it feels like those bits missing, it just kind of, like, cuts to the knife been open and sort of stuff. And he's like walking, he's like, who was that? I'm angry. Don't make me angry. And as he's doing that, his friend who's behind him, a plank of wood, just comes down and hits him in the head. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a farce. This is hilarious. Yeah. What's happening? Uh, like, but, you, there really doesn't feel like there's much impact. Like, no. these people are being, like, taken out left and right. And it's But it's like, yeah, it's very funny. And it's like, you know, I, I don't want a werewolf that's just throwing stuff. Like, uh one of the you know plus sides of being a werewolf is that you can really mess people up uh but no just throwing like little things here and there at them and this is the first thing that got really confusing for me because it cuts to uh mariana and we see that she's like sort of halfway transformed like she's still sort of human looking but she has kind of like wolf features kind of coming in and then we see the guys be chased around by a werewolf and like ripped them apart and it's like a full on werewolf but then mid attack it keeps cutting back to her still sitting there being all kind of half transformed because at first I was like I thought that was her fully transformed but then it kept cutting back to her not being fully transformed and it did it multiple times and I'm like is this maybe like weird little flashback moments or is there another werewolf there I wasn't sure yeah it's kind of weird and uh i really don't like uh i, I don't know it kind of like makes me anxious like i'm like just transform already like i i'm, I'm like it's worrying me that we keep cutting back and she's not transformed yet i don't, I don't, I don't like looking at this half transformed werewolf and, and she's she's just watching what's going on it was weird and obviously the actual wolves look kind of shitty as well it's, it's quite clearly just a guy in a suit they kind of avoid showing the face too much because they don't want it yeah <laughs> don't want to show off but yeah so so then yeah, that's not what, great <laughs> and it comes back to Red Brown's character. Uh, what's his name? Ben. Comes back to Ben and Jenny. Jenny being also someone who's a reporter who worked kind of with the sister. Uh, that's why she like kind of is in on all this stuff. But she's like, you know, let's go talk to this guy. Let's go talk to uh, Stefan, Christopher Lee's character. Let's go talk to him. It's like, why do you want to talk to him anyway? He's a cook. He's like, no, I think you may know something. So they drive to his house and they come in. It's like, oh, can you explain to us why you think his sister's a werewolf? And he's like, she is a werewolf. I have this tape. Because obviously she broadcast herself in the news at the end of the last movie getting shot when she turned into a werewolf. And But unfortunately, the, the, when the, the autopsy was performed, they took out the silver. Therefore, she will come back and she will be a werewolf. 
and he puts the tape in and it's meant to be the end of the first movie but it's obviously been redone with a different actress and it just you know and as you pointed out a different wolf kind of head yeah and like so he's explaining all this stuff he's explaining Stirba and he's explaining the the titanium bullets and they, they have to go to Transylvania they have to do all this and he's like oh I'm going to have to go back to where your sister's buried tonight because she'll come back and they're going to go there as well the werewolves will go there and he shows her like photos of like Marianne and these other people that he suspects are werewolves and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back and stop this from happening because they're, they're going to like make sure she comes back and she'll be a werewolf and killing people and he's like no she got herself killed so she wouldn't be a werewolf and so she she wouldn't go and hurt people <laughs> so and by the way I want to point out it was when he said oh yeah I have this tape that was the point I went oh it's meant to be the woman from the first movie that's his sister I didn't know that until this point I I thought that they mentioned it like early on but I, I could be wrong they, um, maybe they did and I just missed it but like I, I really did not know it until, think, he, until he put the tape in and I went oh yeah. it's the end of the first movie okay I think maybe uh, I mean bare minimum I, I think maybe like at the funeral or something maybe when they mention like her name mm. you're supposed to go like oh yeah the character from the first one but uh, I mean if yeah I, I don't think it helps that it cuts to the coffin and it's a different actress true yeah it does not help <laughs> Because uh, I never remembered her name. <laughs> it's it's not like a super yeah. like I, I I like the first one, but it's yeah, it's not like a super memorable C- character that much. C- Karen White, the infamous main yeah. character from The Howling. Yes, <laughs> I remember her well. Uh, but anyway, no. so 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 he's saying he's going to go back, right? And then I, I was getting to this Red Brown stuff that I wanted to really complain about. Red Brown's like, wait a minute, you're talking about my sister, right? And he flips out and he's like, oh, screw you, guy. And he's, he leaves in a, in a, a fit of rage. Uh, and she leaves after him, but she grabs the bullets. And they go back to like their apartment, or his apartment. I'm like, At this point, they're not a couple, actually, so I guess it's just one of their apartments. But they go back to his apartment, and they sit down, and he's like, do you believe that guy, all that stuff he was saying about about doing this and doing that? And, uh, and like, yeah, and she's like, aye. And basically, he basically, it's like, it's like he didn't understand the previous scene, and he's like getting her to explain all of the things that he said, and then eventually she 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 brings up, oh yeah, he's going to go back and make sure with with the the steel or the silver rather to make sure she doesn't wake up. And he's like, what do you mean? He's going to stab my sister, my dead sister, and then he, there's like a moment's pause, and he goes, I'm going to kill him, and he just gets really angry, and I'm like, what the hell? He's just jumping around like he's like. I mean, I get why he's motivated to do something about it. I get why he's not comfortable with it. But he, he just immediately jumps to, "I'm going to kill him." <laughs> like, yeah. that's all it is. I'm going to kill the son of a bitch. Oh <laughs> man, he was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, now I will say I kind of like don't hate this plot. Like I, I like the idea of, um, you know, the end of the first movie. She has this broadcast thing, but. You know, it's kind of... It's been buried. It's been covered up. Yeah, like, there's almost kind of, like, a conspiracy angle to it that I'm like, oh, I think that's kind of interesting. And then I like having, you know, this one old hunter guy that's kind of, like, you know, this badass dude that knows what to do and stuff, but he's also kind of a kook and people don't believe him. Like, there are parts of this that I kind of like. I'm with you with all that stuff. It's when it turns into there's a magical super werewolf who we have to go kill. (laughs) That's where it, it completely loses me. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so so Christopher Lee goes to to goes to the, the the crypt or whatever, and as does Red Brown and uh, Jenny, they, and they show up, and he comes in to stop. But then the werewolves attack, and they have a big fight. And obviously, it, because werewolves attack them, and it's really poorly edited. You can barely tell what's going on. He kind of then believes them, obviously. Uh, what really cracked me up is they shoot one of the werewolves that's running away, and the werewolves look down in the ground outside, and Red Brown grabs like a net. And just throws it over the top of him, and I'm like, "What's that going to do? All you've done is you, he basically just drapes it across him like a blanket, and that's all he does." I'm like, "That is literally doing nothing, Reb. Come on now, come on now, you dumb son of a bitch. Let's do this." So, so basically, he dies and he transfers back. And Chris was like, "Well, I'm going to go and kill the leader, the Striba. I'm going to go to Transylvania." And so, keep in mind. The earlier today, Reb was like, I'm going to kill the son of a bitch. He was he walked in with a shotgun with the intent of killing him in the crypt. And then as soon as he says this, he's like, well, I want to go with you. I want to make sure nothing that ha- to my sister happens to anyone else. I'm with you all the way, till the end. And then Jenny's like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, I, f- I, f- I feel like 
I feel like you just went through like so much like development that you would typically have in the first act or whatever of a movie. Yeah. But you condensed it all down to really a few scenes that just didn't make any sense, and all of a sudden <laughs> we're on a plane to Transylvania together. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know the name of the director, but uh, he knows how to not waste time. I'll tell you the name of the director. Uh, <laughs> Philippe Mora is the director. Oh, yeah, the Philippe Mora. Uh, what else? What else has uh, Philippe done? I'm curious. Oh my! <laughs> do, you, do you know what he's done? Uh no, I'm very curious. <laughs> the Howling Three. <laughs> for a start. Okay. All so, right. The marsupials. So, so we'll be seeing that one. We'll be seeing what his next telling movie was like. Oh, that, that I don't know if that makes me excited or terrified that it's the same guy <laughs> doing the next one. Uh, and then he has done lots of things that I have never, ever heard of. I imagine these are all... Hell, he directed stuff quite recently, actually. He's, he's got a movie in post-production that's coming out next year. Oh, he's, well. had, he's had a long career. I'll give him that much. What was a recent well, movie? Here's a movie that came out in uh, 2014, Strange Matters. Let's see what this is. Is this a horror movie? I think it's a Netflix show. <laughs> very good. Very funny. <laughs> uh, well, it's not a good sign when the image in the IMDb page is a pineapple and <laughs> it says to me at the rating, it says needs five ratings. <laughs> so maybe he's making stuff. Like He's got credits, but like how much of this is... Real well, well, Philippe, you're a friend of the show. We'd love to have you on anytime. Um, no, he's not. So good on you. Oh my! Go <laughs> if on, I he... say he's a friend of the show, he's a friend of the show. <laughs> Tell me, you don't have that authority to make. You don't have the authority to make that call. <laughs> By the way, he directed a movie in 1997 called Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. Of course, he did. Why? Why? why when you get like when you're sitting at home and there's uh a ring at your doorbell and you open it up and there's just a script on on the bottom of your steps called pterodactyl woman from beverly hills you start shooting immediately <laughs> that is not which, a movie you pass up on uh which stars the mum from the national lampoons movies for the record oh okay well i'm sure we'll be doing that shortly <laughs> Nah, i'm afraid i'm afraid it's a comedy tim we don't do comedies so it's off the table yeah. Ah, damn it. <laughs> well, it's off the table. Maybe we can squeeze it in for Dinosaur Month. <laughs> oh, that, that's an idea. That's an idea for a Patreon vote. Uh, so, they go to Transylvania, and Mariana goes to Transylvania as well, and she, she's particularly... She shows up dressed in like the most absurd way possible. She's wearing like a sort of leather like suit jacket almost. But with nothing under, underneath it, so it looks, just looks like yeah, people would be staring at her while she walks down the street for looking so, so and it's not even skimpy in a traditional sense. It's a really specific kind of bizarre. I'm making a statement, kind of skimpy. Yeah, kind of thing. And now, yeah, it was uh, definitely out of place, especially since. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I miss this. Like I don't, I don't know if there was a festival or something going on, or if everyone there's a, uh, there's a festival going on in Transylvania. Okay. Yes, that's, yeah, because that's pretty much everyone is dressed up like weird, you know, like uh, I don't know, like Victorian age clowns or something. And that's not gloss over though. When she arrives, she gets other werewolf men like pick her up, and she gets she gets helped into the back of this truck. And they're driving along, and there's these like two hitchhikers or something like that who are like, "Hey, can we get a lift to you know the, the town or whatever?" They're going to town, and they're like, "Yeah, hop on in." And they get in, they get lifted into the back of the truck, and we just hear them screaming and dying immediately uh, as as the truck drives off. But what I thought again, this is going back to the shoddy filmmaking, is that you can clearly see them still in the truck, just kind of like looking for a seat, but you hear the screams. <laughs> it doesn't match. You can actually, if you're paying attention to like where they are, they're kind of just like hunched over, looking for a seat still, and you just hear, "How I'm dying! Help me!" <laughs> uh, I have to go back and, and rewatch that because I think I, I missed that. Like I remember like the screen, but I don't remember them just casually finding their like, seats. They weren't struggling or anything like that. There was no, <laughs> there was no indication visually that anything bad was happening, and they were still on camera. You could still see them. That's not to gloss over, of course, the the entrance that our 
I, I grudge calling them heroic heroes. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, our heroes make into the into well, not the movie. We've already met them, but in Transylvania, uh, they're driving along a road looking for this town, and the werewolves have set up like a scene that looks like a car accident's happened, like where there's a woman like lying in the road, but they're all just kind of oh, standing yeah. staring at her, and they get out of the car to see if they can help. And then everyone like just kind of vanishes, and the woman like starts to wolf out, and like which by the best of the other thing is like they're, they're, they're turning into werewolves in broad daylight in this movie. There's just, there's none of this. Oh, there's no. Has to be night. It has to be a full moon or anything like that. It's, it's just yeah. just broad daylight. We can turn whenever we want, and yeah, and it kind of like you know it, they fight her off. It ends, and Christopher Lee's like, right, I'm going to go into town. I'll meet you there later. And I'm like, but they're driving into town anyway. Why why, why do you have to go off yourself? And the reason why he goes off himself is because when they get back in the car, it's just the two of them in the front seats. It's because they want to have the scare where there's a werewolf in the back seat. Oh, uh, yeah. And this happens so quick. The werewolf pops out the back. Uh, they, they struggle for a little bit. Red Brown pulls out a gun and shoots the werewolf. And then the car <laughs> suddenly stops. And then Jenny just looks outside the window, looks down, and they're on the edge of a cliff. And then it just it, it does like a, a spiral wipe. You know, if you, you know if you if you don't know what a wipe is in a, a in a movie or in a, in a video like an edit, uh, it's like think of Star Wars. It's the obvious example where yeah. they sometimes do a wipe from left to right to go to the next scene. Yeah. Um, well, this is like a spiral wipe, wipe but there's like a sort of circle like that, and it goes to the next scene that way. It does that, but it does it so quick that there's almost no time to take in the fact that they almost drove off a cliff with a werewolf in the back seat. <laughs> And it's just—it's an example of one of these super random little moments, like. Insanity. Actually, I'm—I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I forgot that uh, they actually do a lot of wipes <laughs> in this movie. They do, they do. And it—it's—it's kind of weird to pretty much see it like in anything that's not <laughs> like Star Wars now. It, it's a—I uh, don't, I don't know—it's it's, uh, distracting, but I think a, a regular wipe from left to right or whatever's fine. But this was like a fancy sure. circle wipe. It was like. I mean, this was there, before computer editing, but like, I almost—it yeah. almost feels like someone like had never used editing software before and went, "Oh, this is fancy. Let's keep using that." Yeah, it's like uh, when you take your first filmmaking class and like you get like your first like <laughs> editing, uh, you know, equipment or whatever, and and you just start going crazy, like, "Oh, look at all these effects I can do!" Yeah, uh, but yeah, like I think there was like other like weird ones, like uh, I think more towards the beginning or something. They had like kind of weird like side angle ones. Yeah. Tell- uh, do you know, I have people who really pay attention to this uh, in terms of edits. There's not usually a lot of edits. Sometimes if we get interrupted, they'll put in like a cut because we'll just cut out the, the dead space or whatever. Um, but there's always a cut around 30 minutes or so because the software can sometimes, the video and audio go out of sync. So we always stop at about 30 minutes or so and then just, you know, we just go back into it, but we just put a cut and then just start a fresh file. It's also good in case there's a a technical fault and we lose part of the recording. If we've already got the first like thirty minutes saved, it's just it's good, it's good practice. But anyway, the point I'm bringing this up is that there was, there was a cut about three and a half minutes ago, right? If I can put in a circle wipe for the cut, I'm going to just, just for the That'd fun of it. Cool. Just, just for the fun of it, it'll look strange because it'll just go to us again rather than going to something completely different. But just for the joke, since we're bringing it up. <laughs> Anyway, what were you said, Tim? You okay. were going to make some fancy point, and I, I just—I was like, no, oh, I'm going no, to do no. circle wipes. No, that's pretty much it. I was just saying that, yeah, the the wipes were kind of distracting, and uh, yeah, I think there was like some in the beginning that kind of—I don't know—they seemed odd, like to just kind of come up at like weird angles, or or they would have seemed like almost two wipes going on and like meeting mm. each other or something. Um, yeah, I don't—I I don't know. Baffling. It's, uh, it's weird. <laughs> Absolutely baffling. So, so Reb, Reb, or I should say Ben, Ben and Jenny get to the town, they go in, they, they walk through the festival, they get into the hotel, and the concierge at the hotel is like the first of a few really weird characters who are just really quirky for no reason. Like, I thought they were setting up that they were going to turn out to be werewolves or something, because they kept laughing and giggling at things, but this guy is just like... Haha, <laughs> get you a room, yes. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Transylvania. And he's always smirking at them. He just he's it's like he's intentionally very creepy, but there's no payoff to it. He's just creepy. I kinda like got the sense that pretty much everyone in the country was a werewolf. <laughs> I mean maybe I don't I don't know. Know. <laughs> But he's just like that's the way he's acting, he's so strange yeah. and uh, actually this is where I was talking earlier on about confusion as as if they're a couple or not. Because here 
he's like, oh, I'll get you, get you a room. And Reb says, oh, uh, two, two rooms. And I'm two like, rooms. oh, okay. So, so they're not actually a couple. They're just like, you know, they, they know each other because of, of, because of his sister. She worked with her and he, obviously, brother. Yeah. So they, they're acquaintances. But then she says, no, no, just one room's fine with a view. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, so maybe it's a well they want the thing, and and that's fine if that's what you're setting up that they kind of have a thing for each other, but they've not really consummated it yet. Maybe it's going to be some awkward things or awkward, like you know, maybe they'll do it now and maybe they'll confess their feelings for each other. It cuts to a scene in the hotel room <laughs> where they just start having sex, <laughs> as if they've done it a hundred times before. I think. Uh, I mean, we kind of buried the lead here, but this is a very sexy movie. There's a lot of sex going on here. Well, and, there's, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of sex. I don't know if I'd call it sexy, but there's a lot of sex. Most, most of the sex is like half like transform werewolf people. So I don't know if I'd call that sexy, unless you're really into the into the, the bestiality, in which case, you know, power to you. Just get consent from the horse before you do it. Uh, but yeah, there's like, uh, they, they don't really, um, you know, they don't shy away from uh, these lovemaking scenes. Uh, it, it's pretty in your face, and uh, so, sometimes and that's probably what the concierge was giggling about because he knew this was going to happen. Sometimes they'll cut to the werewolf like orgy just for a, a quick two second shot, and then cut back to the scene that they're on. We're we're kind of led to believe that this werewolf orgy is pretty much all they do. <laughs> like, in fact, I'm kind of curious why they need to kill these werewolves because it seems like they just want to hang out have sex with each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no. oh which by the way reminds me after she becomes young uh Stirba, the and she you know it's when she becomes young she has like you know this top on strips off that's that scene but then when we see her later she ha- comes back with this costume that she has for the rest of the movie which it's maybe a bit too skimpy for this comparison but it's basically a sluttier version of of a Power Rangers villain costume. <laughs> okay. It I looks really cheap. You know, there's bits of plastic <laughs> on the front of it. It's like really ridiculous looking. Uh, so from here, after a night of sex, they come out of the hotel, <laughs> they, they they see a, a dwarf, a, a little person who's across the, the other side of the festival, and he's basically just like, come over here. Yeah. And he's like, a real weird, creepy giggle. And she turns to Ben, she's like, was a dwarf asking us to follow him. Do we follow him? It's like, yeah, I guess, why not? Uh, and they, they follow him off, and he leads them to where Christopher Lee is. Christopher Lee was off, assembling his resistance to the werewolf movement. <laughs> he has, like, three or four fighters who have all lost someone to a werewolf in the last like, year or so. Uh, one of whom's a dwarf, one's a priest, and one's another dude who I can't remember. Uh, they're, not, they're not memorable characters. They're, they're just kind of there for... Various, the, the 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 little person's the most memorable because he has a few scenes and he like he has like a sort of tragic kind of death kind of thing. Oh, Tim got very bright there. He's he's, he's responding to someone on Facebook, I think, because it got very bright for. No, second. I I wanted to check something on IMDb. Ah, okay, that's quick. very bright. That's very bright. I actually, for the purpose of these reviews, if okay, I good. if I have it on bright, which is what it normally is. I have this and I have these scan lines. This is just some inside baseball for folks at home. Uh, so I actually have a, a plug-in to make everything go dark, just so that it doesn't make me too bright while we're recording. Yeah, I just wanted to check real quick. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Don't Look Now. Uh, yeah, I have, actually. Okay, because this, like, the whole scene with her, like, chasing, like, the dwarf thing, I don't know, really reminded me a lot of <laughs> Don't Look Now. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's any... I don't know, inspirations or nods to it, but uh, just like the idea of, yeah, this couple in a, you know, uh, foreign country just had a night of uh, crazy sex and now they're kind of like following this um, person, which at first I kind of thought it might have been a kid. I wasn't uh, sure if it was like, I, I don't know, a kid yeah. or a little person in a weird mask, but I don't know. It, it really, it, it made me think of that movie to the point where I was like, I honestly, I wonder if there was any type of uh, nod or, I don't know, homage to it or something. Given the standard of filmmaking <laughs> on display, I'm going to say no. I'm going to, I'm going to say either it's a complete accident or they're just yeah. outright ripping it off. One of those well, two again, options. 
again, you know, we'd love to know Philippe anytime you want to come on the show and fill us in. We'd be happy. Yes, rip off Philippe as a friend of the show. Yeah, uh, all, all these crazy claims. Uh, so they follow. He's got a werewolf resistance. It's like, okay, we're going to make a plan. We're going to try and find Mariana. She'll because for some reason Christopher Lee knows that she's going to be at the festival tonight. I don't know why he knows that. How he could possibly know that? But he does. So they're going to wait around during the festival and wait for her to show up and then follow her back to wherever the castle is so they can they can fight Stierba. All right, all fine. Okay, sure. They're at the festival, and there's this new guy who is kind of creepy, because at one point they walk past a little puppet show, and this creepy guy turns around to him and goes, Hey, hey, very good play, yes. This this, this is werewolf, yeah, kills the girl, very good. And he's kind of creepy. And I thought nothing of it, it was just kind of randomer. And then the next time they're in the festival, he's still with them, and and Red Brown turns around to him and says, Hey, keep an eye on Jenny, I want to go buy her a gift. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, do we know this guy? Was he part of the resistance? And so he leaves him with, with Jenny, and then here's the weird thing. He goes off, and the next time we see Red Brown, I shit you not, he's in the woods with the the, the, the dwarf, and he's, he's gone out because they're in pursuit of uh, of Mariana. And I'm like, what happened to buying the gift? It's it's like there's a, a shot missing where he was like doing that, and then sees her and goes, oh, crap, let's go do that. Like, it just, like... There's stuff missing. And then, sure enough, the creepy guy that he left Jenny with says, oh, I'll take you to uh, to, to him. He come, he's, he's this way. I'm like, wait a minute, he's lying. And then he tries to rape her in the woods. He just turns around at one point, and it's not even like he gets to go where he was planning and going. She's just like, hey, where are we going? This is this seems like a weird like you know route to take. And he's like, oh, uh, look at the full moon. I would like to make love to you now. <laughs> and I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> So, so she gets kidnapped. She, she's captured by the werewolf. She's the damsel in distress. All right. Uh, so, so we're actually getting towards the end of the movie here. Although I don't want to gloss over the recon mission that Red Brown and the dwarf uh, partake in, <laughs> because they're, they're spying on the on the lair on the evil lair for the werewolves. So Mariana goes in, and there's this guard outside. For some reason, he's wearing like a sort of a, a, a ceremonial hood. He's got like a, a, a cloak on with a hood. And or maybe it's a big hat. I can't remember, but it was like you know, it was like a weird costume. And the little guy pulls out his his knife and he's like, right, "I'm going to do this." He's like, "Ah, with that, I'll cover you." That's what Reb says. He holds his handgun out, and the little guy, I think he's going to sneak up and stab him. That's why he needs covered. Oh no, no, he just throws the knife and hits the guy in the chest. <laughs> and then then he runs up. And he pulls it like a morning star and like whips it on his head and kills him. And it cuts back to Red Brown and he goes, "Well, that's a new method to kill someone." <laughs> Actually, it's a really old method to kill someone. I'm pretty sure this was like you know medieval ages, like where we you know, people were doing this. You know, it's uh, it, it's kind of a shame because um, I feel like it all sounds like more fun to watch than it actually it, is. It does. Cause, uh, do, like, do you know what it is? Because we kind of gloss through the travelling through the festival parts. They feel like they take a long time when you're watching it, where they're just walking yeah. through the festival, and it happens multiple times, and it's just like, oh, come on. this, And it, it keeps cutting yeah. back to, like, uh, uh, Stierba, again, making speeches, and like, oh, we're going to rule the world, <laughs> we're going to do these evil things, and oh, let's all have sex, and conquer the... Because po- randomly, yeah, that's the other thing, randomly at one point, Christopher Lee, I think it's in the first scene he's explaining, it's like, oh, and by the way, in six days' time, she's going to do something when the moon's at its fullest, it's going to make them all reveal themselves to the world, and werewolves are going to dominate the Earth. So we're actually saving the planet. We're not just here for revenge about your sister, we're here to save the planet, because the super werewolf is going to start the werewolf apocalypse. Sorry, But, like, wasn't, like, part of the plot the fact that they tried to do that at the end of the first movie, and then they kind of, like, suppressed the tape? But now it's like they're doing it anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the hero at the end of the first movie <laughs> wanted to reveal to the world that werewolves exist. And no, then in this the movie's not full enough yet. Yeah, and in this movie, the heroes are trying to stop the werewolves from doing the same thing. You're kind of right. That's actually a very good point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like you're saying, though, I, I think um, I don't know, probably just because of the kind of like shitty filmmaking maybe that makes it not as fun to watch and yeah there's all these draggy parts but like well when you describe it just these crazy outlandish parts are insane it would make a really fun movie to watch if it was just 
I don't know, put together a little better or yeah, like I still just want trimmed it, up. I want it to be as silly as it is. Uh, just in that type of movie, it's just the way it's done is just enough to make it boring whenever it's not being proper silly. Like, there's like obviously exactly. there's a few high points obviously where it does get quite funny, but there's stretches where you're just kind of bored and it just it doesn't work that well. Because um, every time Red Brown fires a gun and he screams, like he, he doesn't. <laughs> if anything, he's making his situation worse because he's screaming out loud. Like I mean, sure they're going to hear the gunshot <laughs> anyway, but like there's no need to scream while you're firing it. <laughs> But it's amazing. Like, every time he does it, I was laughing. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah, so... So they know where they are. Like, okay, let's go back and tell tell Christopher Lee. They go back and tell him. Like, oh no, she's been kidnapped. And also, it's on the way back, that the dwarf. Like, for some reason, Stierba has this magical telepathic power which makes his insides implode. And then he becomes possessed <laughs> and he's like a zombie who works for the werewolves now, the little guy. And he, like is in the the, the the festival and they, they track him down and and Red Brown throws him out a window. <laughs> they chase him up some stairs and Red Brown gets angry and throws him out of a window. Um, I, I think actually this is another like um, I, I don't think maybe I, I noticed it while watching the movie but kind of yeah, you know, as we're going through it um, it's kind of sticking out to me too but it's really annoying when um you have a movie and people are like kind of constantly going back and forth. Like it's always mm. like, yeah, they're, they're going out on this guy in the castle, but then, yeah, they're going back like to the festival and it's never just like, you know, a straightforward path of like onto the next thing, you know, we're in this next spot. It's always like, Oh, we're here. Now let's go back and get this other guy. And okay, now we got to go back and do this thing. And now we're back. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's too much back and forth. It's a lot of back and forth. And honestly, Red Brown doesn't seem that concerned when he finds out they have Jenny. He just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of like, okay. And then he's like, okay, wait, oh, so everyone's gearing up. So the other two guys who are still there, they get like some swords and stuff. And Christopher Lee's like, alright, have a take a weapon, Ben. And he grabs the big gun and he's like, yeah, I know how to use this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, of are, course you do. Now, are we assuming that all the guns that they're using, uh, they're using silver bullets with? They have to be because they're killing werewolves left and right. No, that's that's, the, that's actually a really good point. They have no trouble throughout the entire movie killing werewolves. <laughs> they're doing it left and right like it's so easy. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but I, I guess they must be. They never really explain it. It's an expensive operation like that they're running. Because yeah. they obviously they say early on. I mean, maybe that's why at the end when they're going in, he's the only one with a gun because they only have enough ammo to like, sustain the one gun. True. And they're like, yeah, they're yeah. probably, yeah, probably like kind of pissed off. They're like, uh, we only have enough silver bullets, and we got to give it to the new guy. Like, <laughs> yes, but he's the one yelling as he's firing. Yeah, he he yells as he fires, so he he clearly is the one who should have the gun. I mean, that's just <laughs> obvious because they come in with blades, and I'm like, that seems a bit unfair. But I, maybe that's why. Maybe like maybe there was like a deleted <laughs> part of the scene where it was like, yeah, we only have like you know ten silver bullets, so it's not really enough to give to multiple people. <laughs> Not that, you, not that you ever see him reload, of course, because why would we do that? No. No <laughs> there's, for that. The, there's plenty of times that he, you know, he's wasted throughout the whole movie, but reloading, that was his one, like, I'm not going to waste time doing this. Yeah, yeah, abso- absolutely. <laughs> so they get to the castle, they kind of storm in, the other guys die. Christopher Lee sacrifices himself by walking up to Stirba as she's trying to do like an incantation stabs her with his silver blade or titanium blade perhaps in the stomach and then they both like get set on fire and burn together and that's <laughs> and again it feels like you know it feels like a vampire movie where you get to the castle at the end yeah. and because okay sure you, you wouldn't initiate it by stabbing them but the whole idea of like you know fire also killing a vampire like that mm. works so uh it just kind of feels like that and that's basically it we cut back to you know oh yeah well <laughs> Not exactly it. <laughs> yeah, we cut back. We cut back to the apartment back in the US, and again the the, the song starts playing. You know the band in a pale oh, yeah. moonlight, right? <laughs> and they're they're back back home in whatever city they're in. I can't even remember if I'm honest. Uh, uh, not sure. I don't know. Generic generic USA, whatever whatever one yep. it is. Um, <laughs> and they're in their apartment, and it's Halloween for some reason, and. <laughs> <laughs> the doorbell goes and they're very happy he's giving her a piggyback ride and they're all you know they're all happy in a couple 
and they go up to the door, trick or treater, and they open the door. It's like someone's got a wolf, and it's actually it looks like a genuine werewolf like makeup effect, not a yeah. werewolf mask. But they just think it's they get kind of awkward. Like, oh, uh, nice mask, buddy, and they give him <laughs> give him some candy, and he goes and like, oh, he went into that door down the down the hall. That's your new neighbor. We should go and say hi and invite him for a wine or something. <laughs> and it's like, do we have to? Yes, it's neighborly. Okay, Q. I mean, I think there's been some that I've missed, but. I, well, I didn't miss that now because I, I got the, the weird guy who liked the puppet show who, the, who then turned out to be someone who wanted to <laughs> wanted to rape Jenny he, he was just like a weird oddity we had obviously the, the concierge cue the next and final of these just random weird characters so they open the, the guy opens the door who lives there and it's a priest yeah. and like oh we just gave candy to your, your, your son uh, you know, we thought we'd invite you for something he's like I don't have a son I'm a bachelor <laughs> But uh, please, please do come again soon. And he's got this weird, creepy little smile. Like, please come again soon. Uh, and as as I walk it off, Reb just says, "Yeah, not too soon." <laughs> so I guess uh, that kid was a werewolf. I, I guess. Uh, and then it does the, the, the it does the circle wipe out of the scene to the band playing, and that's when the credits start rolling yeah. over the over the band. And we get the again. We mentioned the boobs. Now, there's one thing I I, I am so disappointed that I forgot to mention. I, I, so we're doing this this particular moment out of order, as out of order as we possibly could. I forgot to talk about the opening opening thing in the entire movie before the funeral, before the the, the, the opening titles. There's a shot of space, and Christopher Lee is superimposed over the top <laughs> of outer space, and he's got a book in his hand, and he's reading some sort of legend about werewolves. I mean, it may not even be about werewolves. It may just be generally about evil. But he's just—he's given us a, like a monologue about evil. Oh, and for some reason, he—he he is superimposed over outer space, and I don't know why. Uh, the moon is in outer space, and the pale moonlight. Uh, yeah, there's um, there's like some really weird, like awkward, like dialogues and, and and stuff in this movie and yeah just thinking of like that ending scene um it, it's not enough where they're just like oh uh, that's our new neighbor let's go say hi but like everything kind of has to have this like back and forth like it's, is that our new neighbor what neighbor I oh mean, the new neighbor i wouldn't just say moved in. i wouldn't say it's exactly what he would write but it does feel almost tommy wiseau-esque and how it like they can't just say it like it would be said. They have to yeah. dress it up and this. And obviously that can work. Obviously you get some certain writers who have a very witty style who'll you know put in other yeah. things. But it it feels like that. It feels like unnatural. Yeah, it feels like uh, it. It doesn't feel like something like it's written. It feels like asking like people really bad at improv to just make something up and just being like, uh, I don't know. And, so should we? Well, can we? I don't and, know. I, I love how bad he is, right? But Red Brown is a bad actor, right? So it doesn't help yeah. that you've got someone... I mean, I love him because he does the screaming when he fires and stuff. Like, uh, I, I really do want to watch more of his movies. But, I mean, that's something we can look into when we have the, the Z movies to show. But, uh, like, he... Like, asking him to, like, give witty dialogue, like a delivery, I, I, it just feels like such a bad choice. You've, just, you've done something wrong in your career if you're asking Red Brown to space up a line of dialogue. <laughs> Uh, one scene that I do want to mention real quick, um, just because I I, I kind of liked it, was when they do visit uh, his sister, and um, you know she she does come back to life, and uh, I I just thought it was a cool visual seeing her in the coffin, and they have like this little window in the coffin, and mm. then they kind of close the lid on her, and you know she's trying to escape and stuff, um, you know. Not like it was like the best scene ever, but I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." Like that, I like the the way this looks. That actually reminds me of the first really random, uh, like a little cut. It's uh, just after like Christopher Lee's like said, "Oh, your sister's a werewolf." After the funeral, it cuts to her in the coffin screaming and kicking for literally at one second <laughs> before it cuts to the bar for the song. <laughs> like, it's just this, it's just such an awkward little cut. It feels like you don't have enough time to actually take in that. Oh, is she awake in there? <laughs> What's happening? Um, uh. Oh. It's really strange. I tell you what, though, if they ever put out like a remastered Blu-ray of this movie oh, that had, well, well, does it have a like really kick-ass like behind-the-scenes? I, I don't know because uh, we we had to watch this in a scrubby standard definition, uh, unfortunately. But there is a Blu-ray, 
Because uh, if it oh. if it has like a director's commentary or some making of thing, I would actually be really interested in checking that out because <laughs> I don't know that could be kind of cool. Oh, I don't. I'm I'm slitting. I'm slitting. Okay, Helen Two, your sister's a of Blu-ray review from High Def Digest. Who who put the Blu-ray <laughs> out? Who's the the Scream Factory? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, okay. So is that all the sort of thing that they'd put out? There's the extras. <laughs> Audio commentaries, multiple. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, our good friend Philippe uh, <laughs> uh, is with a DVD producer to do a commentary. Um, okay. The second track is from the composer. What composer? It was that song 20 goddamn times. There was, <laughs> there was no com- composition. Shut up. Uh, he, him and the editor do the second, second track. Uh, there is a a feature about Sybil Danning uh, called Queen of the Werewolves. There is a makeup feature called A Monkey Phase. And then there's a interview with Reb Brown called Leading Man. <laughs> Alright, if, if that uh, Blu-ray is not that expensive, I might actually pick that up because oh. I <laughs> really want to see what they have to say. Uh, so there's an old some old footage of like behind-the-scenes stuff in the final fight. But here's maybe okay. what's perhaps very interesting. A alternative alternative opening, which is 11 minutes long, and an Ooh. alternate ending, which is 10 minutes long. Those, those may be quite interesting, given how much of a mess okay. this movie is. All right. my, my interest is definitely peaked. As long as it's not like an um, out-of-print $70 Blu-ray, I'm, I'm going to have to pick this up, because I would like to know more about what the heck is going on so I'm, I'm so curious that i'm even checking that for you <laughs> i'm so curious about this i want to know nope uh 23.39 so that's the typical rrp or rsp that's i think too bad yeah uh, i think All that's right. just a typical price yeah uh, I'll, I'll scoop that up and uh maybe uh if, if there's any crazy revelations i'll have to let everyone know yeah unfortunately i do not believe that any of the sequels past this have blu-rays i don't think but i i i was vaguely familiar with this some one of these labels putting it out so yeah it makes sense it's stream factory typically <laughs> it's the emirado uh and occasionally someone else but usually the emirado are the ones yeah. putting out these weird horror movies um uh, Okay, so I guess we're ready to rate the some bitch because uh, <laughs> here we are. Um, what do you rate this, Tim? What do you I, rate Howling Two out of ten? Uh, I'm actually gonna give it maybe a surprisingly decent score, but I'm gonna go like right down the middle. I'm gonna give it a five because there's like pretty bad filmmaking like on there, and the um it, it can be dull at times but there's enough crazy stuff that when that that is on screen i think it is worth watching i couldn't go back any further it was funny while i was doing it but i i ran out of room um <laughs> so, uh so five five out of ten because yeah. uh, I, I think it is entertaining in, in parts and like when it something so crazy is happening it is kind of like okay like you know, piques your interest and stuff, but yeah, I have to. I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Like, I, I can't say I hated watching it because there was some really absurd stuff that just kind of made me go, huh, that, "That's pretty stupid." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so bizarre. I mean, yeah, because I, I, I think a five is almost fair for this, just because. Yeah. Like, if you compare this to some of the stuff we gives, like fours and threes and twos to. Like, yeah, it might be from a filmmaking point of view, it might be that low, but. It certainly was not as bad to watch. Like it's it's kind of like yeah. how Wish Upon was a terrible movie, but it <laughs> but I, we gave it like fours, which you know obviously that's still bad, but that yeah. was much better than say Annabelle, which the same director did because at least it was funny bad in times. It wasn't always funny right. bad, but it was funny bad often enough that it was like no, I can't rate it too lowly because it wasn't yeah. that painful because I was I was at least getting a chuckle out of it. Uh, yeah. This is kind of a same similar kind of thing, just slightly more crazy and there before slightly more interesting and because of that i think it's a curious watch i think the mistake we both made is we both watched it on our own i think i think watch this with friends yeah make fun of it maybe have alcohol involved (laughs) uh and uh you know i i will say um i i I still liked christopher lee i he seemed like he was uh phoning it in a little bit in this movie but he's still uh, oh he was a delight to see If, if skype existed then he'd have been just like 
like his his part, he, he would have been like a robot with just a screen that had his face, and he, he just recorded the whole thing from his house. That, that that's how phoned in this is. If the technology was there to suffice it, he would have uh, he would have done that. Um, but I can't help but enjoy seeing him on screen, though. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, he's he's a, he's a legend. Um, it, it's just so funny because he he died at such a healthy old age. You know, he was in his nineties before he before oh, he yeah. went. That it's funny that how even in the eighties he was already an old man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think you can, I think I kind of forget that when you do you do grow to be that old, is that you're kind of an old man for like a third of your life or an old woman, obviously. Uh, if you're, you know, I'm saying man because we're men, but man, right. we're not really. We're, we're, we're boys still. I, I don't really feel like. <laughs> I mean, do you feel like an adult? I don't really feel like an adult. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes not. I barely feel like an adolescent, if I'm honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, like some some days I wake up and I just immediately start reading comic books and playing video games, and then some uh-huh. days I wake up and have to put together paperwork for a house loan. So I I go both ways. Yeah, yeah, but as as, as since you've proposed, I feel like if you just go back a year. Like oh, sure. it's tipping the yeah. scale. I feel, I feel like getting married is kind of the official like, oh, I'm growing up. I mean, it's growing up for a good reason, but it's like, oh, I'm yeah. still growing up. Oh, uh, I'm also like, also, I mean, this isn't necessarily me, but I'm starting to have friends uh, that are starting to have kids. So oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> then yeah, that kind of gets into yeah a point too where it's like, oh, I'm gonna go spend the Saturday by going and visiting my you know friend's kid, and then that feels like a weirdly grown up thing to do. Are, are are the kids' parents there, Tim? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> just checking. Just, just checking. Be vigilant, people. Um, I'm already <laughs> suspicious enough that your cat seems to be pleasuring itself behind you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just uh, grooming itself. <laughs> I, Tim, I've got three cats. Look, he's properly getting into the crotch now. Look at that. He's getting right in for the balls. Is it a boy cat? Actually, maybe a lady cat. No, that's one of the guys. That's one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. I know you, you have met him. All, all three of mine are all, all male, but uh, yeah. nah, so okay. He, he was going for his balls. I got, yeah, I got the one girl cat, Damien, and then uh, the other two are boys. Yeah, so, yeah, you have. Yeah, you, you <laughs> give it a boy's name just to make things confusing, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Here we go. So uh, that that has been healing too. Uh, hopefully, that was an enjoyable. Uh, Your sister's a werewolf. I'm an only child, Tim, so... <laughs> it is just funny that the movie sounds like an insult. <laughs> it, it reminds me of um, when System of a Down released an album called Steal This Album. I, I, just, oh. I just imagine it's one of the most shoplifted CDs of all time. Because <laughs> people are like, it told me to do it. It says it on the cover. Just look at it. Oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> you, can't fault, you can't fault a guy for following the instructions <laughs> uh, so yeah there we go that that is that has been Howling 2 your sister's a werewolf aka Howling 2 steer by a werewolf bitch which is they're both good titles I, I can't fault either of those they're both funny um, so there you go so let us know what you think of the movie if you happen to have seen it obviously we will be back with Howling 3 although not too soon we don't have a deadline to hit with these so the plan is to do roughly one a month uh, but however, we've actually got like four franchises we're kind of on this path with right now. Oh boy. So you can basically expect a franchise movie once every week. Uh, but it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll rotate through the franchises though. So next week we've got number two in another franchise. I won't say which one though. You can wait and find out. Uh, and of course something else. We're doing two a week. So thank you very much. Look, Tim's trying to remember what they are because he doesn't even know. Uh, something to do with some type of shark <laughs> I don't remember did we do a shark movie last month Tim because it we did the first movie and all these things last month so it's definitely not a shark movie not unless I'm really forgetting something I'll double check I'm sure there's a shark in there somewhere <sighs> that is us guys so let us know what you think of the movie in the comments like subscribe get us on twitter at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates and stuff if you want to support the channel head over to patreon.com slash tv and you can do that over there of course some of the perks that are related to this include but are not limited to um, you get the Tales from the Crypt reviews a week early at the $1 tier but in the $5 tier you get to vote once a month on an episode uh, the vote for next month is all winter themed movies uh, so that's up for the whole of November and then we'll do the episode in December that's how that works and also in that tier is the the, the Crypt 
which is where you just suggest movies that you want us to do. They get added to a big to-do list, and every so often we'll pick one from there and we'll uh, we'll we'll do it. Probably at least once a month, I imagine, if we can. We'll we'll try and keep it so so we're, we're constantly chipping away at it a little bit. But so there's already movies submitted for that. There's also one of those for uh, 121 in flux now as well called The Vault. So they're both in the five dollar tier, um, and then on top of that, the eight dollar tier, uh, which is the commentary track tier gets a single commentary a month from me, a dual commentary, or even maybe trio commentary from me, myself, Tim, and maybe Matt. Uh, the first one's free from last month, free for everyone, but this month's will be behind the, the paywall. Although I can tell you right now, this month is not a horror movie. That said, <laughs> you will enjoy it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. You will be into the movie we do this month. Uh, and also, as part of that paywall, uh, I, or that, that perk, I should say paywall, that's a really weird way of putting it. As part of that perk, I uh, I do weekly Buffy the Vampire Slayer commentary tracks, which are kind of horror-related. It's kind of a horror show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd say it definitely is, yeah. Uh, so, no, that's all the plugging. That's all the plugging stuff. So, thank you once again for watching. Keep watching TV. We're not doing TV. Keep watching horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. I'm getting delirious. It's a stupid... Werewolf bitch movie, it's put me off, put me off my game. (laughs)